Shannon. And I'm Sierra. And we've been best friends for the past eight years. Has this ever happened to you? Some well-intended individual inquires. How are you? But instead of being your sounding board, they end up just sounding board. Well, we're here to lend an ear as our guests unpack their hopes and fears. So come join us in a space where vulnerability is strength and humor is healing while we genuinely inquire, how are you feeling? And what's been storming your brain? What's been storming your brain? Storming the podcast. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Sierra. Happy Pod Day. Yeah, it's a nice rainy day out there. It is. It's very autumnal, as mm-hmm. you said mm-hmm. earlier. A- autumnal in April. April showers bring bring May flowers. What's your favorite? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that's what you're singing from. But now that you, mm-hmm. that was not a movie I. I was encouraged to watch just because of the death of the parent. It's really sad. I think I maybe watched it once and then I couldn't anymore. I, I have I have no uh, want to watch it because I know it's going to make me cry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's Dumbo. It's Bambi. Can't do Dumbo. Lassie. People used to call me Dumbo because my ears stick out. That's terrible. Fucking bullies. It's, <laughs> that's terrible. Kids are assholes. I love your ears. Thanks, Shannon. But that shit sticks with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's not clever. I straight up like wouldn't wear earrings for of years because of my ears and I wouldn't wear my hair up like most through like most all of high school because I had that complex. Isn't that stupid? It's I don't so, care anymore. But. Yeah. And now yeah, because now your whole ear is tat is tatted up and pierced <laughs> the whole way around. Yeah. I love it. It's not. Nope. <laughs> yet. <laughs> not yet. No, I have a, like a birthmark um, mole here. And, mm. you know, it's one of those things that you don't notice it, that uh, that there's, quote unquote, something wrong with it. Because there's not. There's not. And I would wear bandanas that would show it. Mm-hmm. And when I moved to my new elementary school in third grade, that was a big point of ha 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 for people. Ugh. Ugh. Little brats. Look at us now. Look at us potting away. Yeah. Uh, well, I wanted to share a little, a little passage from a book I've been reading this week. Do okay. you mind? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> no, please share. I'm excited. Okay. Um, what's it called? Who's it by? Sure. So it's the, uh, I guess it's a collection of short stories, memoir-esque poems. It's called Little Weirds by Jenny Slate, the actor-comedian. We both love her. Love her so much. Great stand-up on Netflix. What's the name of it? Can't recall at this moment. I can't remember, but she talks about her haunted house, which you know I love. And she's also just like a wonderful voiceover actress. If anyone remembers that old like YouTube video, Marcel the Shell. I can't do that it was very well, a, but you yeah. used to do that all the time. I think you yeah. introduced me to that. Ryan, really, our second guest on the pod, Ryan, he mm-hmm. he loved Marcella Shell. So I didn't I didn't know that was her for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's great. I'm really enjoying her book. I've been reading it at work, and they're just like very short little, like I said, short stories, memoir esque. And it's nice to read at work because it's really they're quick, and I can put it down. It's not like a no, like a novel where I'm like, hey, what happened? I forgot, but like mm-hmm. I can go away from it for a minute. Yeah. So I really like her writing style. I really like her tone. I want to share this one passage. Um, we both got our second vaccines this week, mm-hmm. our doses. Um, so we're, 
you know, as everyone's saying, we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, it's springtime in New York. Mm-hmm. So it's it's nice that options to be outside and, and potentially like go eat out again are coming back for us. And that'll be fun. So yeah. I read this passage. It's called Restaurant. And I want to share it with you. Okay. Hello. I am a woman on a blue and green sphere that has dollops and doinks of mountains all over it. Some of the mountains on my cosmic sphere splooge out thick liquid fire spurts that run downhill and cool and turn into vacation destinations after a few thousand years. I am a woman, living on a planet that has noodle-shaped guys squiggling silently in the soil, and four-legged mammal kings with hammer feet, or horns on their heads, or coats covered in spots and stripes, and my planet has live, feathered, beaky skeletons flying through the environment, and big, heavy creatures who are tusked and trunked and have sad, long memories, and wash their bodies with cold mud puddles and know who their babies are. There are large, deadly cats watching everything in the dark, sneaking through the fanned-out ferns. There are delighted pigs and gossiping geese and dogs that sit with their mouths open so that they can cool off after running around. There are arrows of extra electricity ripping through the air, loud drum noises in the sky when two opposite temperatures collide, deep, wide dents filled with water and populated by animals that have scales or blowholes or no eyes or live in shells that look like tiny hard purses made out of little plates. There are white puffs floating in the air here. They float high above my house. The puffs turn into wet water bloops and fall down and turn my hair from straight to curly. The water bloops also make the flowers open up. They turn dust to mudslides. They intercept a sunbeam and make an arch that you can't touch because it is made of swoops of colored light. Hello? Tonight I am going to the restaurant where I will eat a killed and burned up bird and drink old purple grapes and also I will gulp clear water that used to have bugs and poop and poison in it but has been cleaned up so that it doesn't make us blow chunks. Oh joy, I am going to the restaurant and I am just drooling at the thought of the killed and burned bird and I want to sip the grape gunk and so I put skin colored paint all over my face and I dab pasty red pigment on my lips and swish peachy powder on my cheeks and I take a pencil and draw an eye-shaped line around my eye so that people know where my blinkers are. And then I take a little brush and I slick black paint over each eyelash and then I take a hot metal stick and wind my head hairs around it so that everything is spirals. I stuff each breast into a cotton cup bag and the bags are sewn together as a pair of bags for boobs and the pair of boob bags is held on by straps because I guess this helps the boobs from not floating past the mountains and white puffs and into outer space. This is the right way to appear if you want to go out of the house and go to the restaurant and not have to stay home and be alone forever, which on earth is bad. Inside the cotton cups, my nipples press like bright bright coins against the boundaries of the bags because they want to be out and on a beach and not in bags and they would gladly pay to be set free, but I can't give any money toward freedom because my money is for the restaurant tonight. I cover my body with a fabric that has been made into a certain shape to help remind you of my butt and vagina, but it does not show the actual butt or vagina that I have. Hello, I am a woman here on this ancient ball that rotates with a collection of other balls around a bigger ball made up of lights and gases that are science gases, not farts. Don't be immature. I wear this paint and these bags and this butt-vagina fabric map so that I can be here on the globe and go to places like the restaurant. 
At the restaurant, I pay with my money that I earn from pretending to be other women. I get that money so that I can afford all of the face paint and boob bags that I need to put on so that I can go to the restaurant and eat the dead burned bird and gargle the purple grape gloop that sometimes makes me fall down or throw up all over this globe. This is a cycle that I rotate through so that I can go to more places on this sphere as it rotates through eternal darkness and endless space. Oh, Jenny Slate. <laughs> First of all, I can totally hear her voice. Right? All of those, like, made up, not made up words, but, you know, like, doink and, like. Yes. Bloops and, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I love. I love. And it just, it made me feel, you know, this whole year has shifted our perspective of everything. And that mm-hmm. includes what it means to, well, I got to go out. I got to be out. I got to be at the restaurant. I got to, we're going to meet for drinks. Or we're going to go out for food yeah. and all of that. That was such, especially New York is such a thing. And then to put it in those simple terms of you're eating a dead burned bird, you're drinking <laughs> dead grapes, you know, yeah. it was really refreshing. And this was pre-pandemic that she wrote that. So it was so fun to read that and be like, hey, we're, we can, quote unquote, go back into this world that we knew if you mm-hmm. want to. And some people have been doing it the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's like it makes it if you make it special, it can be special. But you don't need to put the weight of the world on going to the restaurant. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. Um, yeah, you would, again, like you said, you and I both got our second doses this past week. And we were like, oh my gosh, soon we can like maybe go have a meal out. And it's exciting. But I feel like after this pandemic, like you said, yeah, my perspective at least has completely shifted. Um, things that used to hold so much weight just don't anymore. Mm. And for me, I think that's a positive thing. And and I think we've both turned internal and gone, okay, how can I make my home the best restaurant, the mm-hmm. best spa where I can get a great yep. manic, you know, the best bar, barista, you know, you like make all these things special in your home so that mm-hmm. it feels uh, multifaceted and you don't have to go outside for them, which has been great. Yeah, I like can choose to but I don't have to wear a boob sack or whatever however she called it in (laughs) that because I'm in the comfort of my own home and I don't have to like hide my nipples and right I can just wear my pajamas and I I don't know how I'm gonna go back from that how am I gonna go back to having to like you know use the boob bags and the boob bags and put on a smile and pretend that I'm (laughs) Not tired after nine o'clock at night (laughs) because I am. And I don't know. I know I know not everybody's going to feel that way. I know uh, people are pining Mm. to get back out and like see people. Um, Even with the weather getting better, you can mm -hmm. see it. People are itching to be social and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, to each their own if you're being safe about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, I, I agree. It's like you can make special moments anywhere. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be at the risk of, of endangering someone else's life or mm-hmm. health in the in these circumstances. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening. It was thanks just a fun sharing. little passage. Yeah. I love that. I love Jenny Slate. Can you tell me the name of it again? Yes, it's called Little Weirds by Jenny Slate. I think it came out maybe 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, it, re- it centers around, uh, I believe... 2016 she got a divorce and Trump won and she like moved back in with her family for a time and so it's about her like kind of that starting over so Mm -hmm. it's really it's intertwined with things that are like goofy and and um 
rever- irreverent in that way, but some stuff that's like really like explaining what depression is for her and, and other things that are really hitting. So I'm enjoying it and I recommend. Okay, I will have to uh, look it up. <laughs> you can know. borrow. Yeah, I definitely will. Yeah. Um, and also check out that stand-up. I don't remember what it's called, but oh, it's great. Sure is. Just and... type in Jenny Slate on mm-hmm. Netflix and it'll pop up. Sure will. Well, she, thanks for listening. Hey, thanks for sharing, man. Always. See you at the restaurant. <laughs> All right, see you there. <laughs> I think I'm going to unbutton my... First Would of all, you? I'm wearing jeans. Yeah. I haven't worn those in a long time. I got to say, I was surprised when I when you opened the door. When I opened your door. <laughs> I opened it on up. Came right in. I yeah. almost wore jeans today, too. And then I went with my standard pod pants. Yeah, they're stretch. good pod pants. Yeah. Um, we're just going to... We're going to have my tummy out and... It's like, sorry, not sorry. It's like post-Thanksgiving in here, huh? Mm. Or any day. Aww. Any well, day, every day feels like a holiday with you. Oh, last last time <laughs> we recorded, like, it was Easter Eve, and today it's just another day. Just <laughs> another manic Monday. Monday. Who do we have on this manic manic Monday? Shannon, buckle your seatbelt. Okay, we're recording in a car. <laughs> Buckled. I'm really, really, really excited today. I say that every time, and it's true every time. But today. We have, he's an actor. He's a dancer. More importantly, he's my best friend from high school. We've known each other since we were bebes. Um, he used to walk me home from high school. He's well, we your safety. He's my safety. Mm-hmm. He's my brother, mm. my chosen brother, just as you're my chosen sister. I have to cough. <clears throat> <laughs> that's how after you unbutton the pants yeah you usually have to cough after you unbutton the pants yeah. Yeah. Um, he was my senior prom date introducing Demetrius Youngblood hey hi <laughs> <laughs> hey thanks for having me on ladies I'm so stoked me I'm too. so stoked that you're here me too um, so as I mentioned mm-hmm. We go way back. Mm. Way back. A1 since day one. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to <laughs> um, tell everyone how we met? Do you remember? I believe that I remember, but I'm not quite sure how accurate it is, so you let me know. Okay. I'll, I'll give you my version. I remember just being at lunch a random day in high school. and Freshman year? I think it was sophomore year because you didn't year. transfer okay. over until sophomore year, right? No, I was there freshman year. Just oh, you know, it was the second semester through. of freshman year. Yes. Then. Okay. Thank and, you. And um, one of my favorite delights was the spicy chicken sandwich mm-hmm. from the uh, snack hall. And I'm eating it, enjoying myself, and all of a sudden I feel a tap. And I turn into Sierra. She goes, <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a bite of that? <laughs> <laughs> And of course, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like COVID was, wasn't a thing yet. COVID no, was no. not a thing. <laughs> Pre-COVID stories, I miss it. And um, she takes a bite. She goes, did we just become best friends? And I'm like, I think we did. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. And that's it, yeah. Except. See, maybe my brain. Now, see, here's the thing. You remember it as me asking you. Did I? I remember it as you asking me. 
And honestly, either is possible. What did you like about that what? spicy chicken sandwich? Was it the sauce that you liked? The qual- like the chicken, the bread, all of it working together? I think it was the fact that it was the only good thing on our <laughs> yeah. on our high school's menu. See now that and it was consistent in flavor. It was. It was consistent in flavor at that time. I will say though what I liked more than that was the, the nachos. Did you ever have the nachos, oh, the chili nachos? Yeah. I crave those to this day. I you can just... taste them to this day. And I've never had nachos that um, that can match it in And they put the it, meat on it, quality. right? Didn't they? And the yeah, it was like chili cheese oh, nachos. Do you remember? You just like open the recessed <laughs> yes. belly memory. <laughs> so belly good. memory. So good. But also for me also what the chicken sandwich was was I was always so hungry. Like I and it wasn't because I didn't have food at home or I just was lazy as fuck. <laughs> oh, I so would say wake the up opposite. as Oh, really? I was like, "Oh, you you were a dancer, you were active, then you were hungry oh. all the time." <laughs> I mean, maybe that also was part of it, but honestly, like I would just wake up so late that I would never come prepared to school. I never, and then I'd, if I would like found a quarter on the ground, I'd be like, oh, hell yeah, I can get some chips today. Also, we were done at like three, so whatever. I'll go home and like. Eat something. Yeah. Stop but, at AMP on the way. Well, and that's something we would always do so on yeah, our way home. Walk me through your walkthrough. So you, you have that first bite. Mm-hmm. Did you start like hanging out at lunch times? How did that, do you remember how well, that friendship? We had PE together, which yes, okay. I remember the first time I saw Demetrius on his first day was at PE, and I remember mm. what you were wearing. Whoa. You were wearing <laughs> your yellow Hollister shirt. Yes, okay, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. Very, uh, I went through a phase of only wearing Hollister. You did. Because um, I guess that was cool. It was. <laughs> it was. It was. American Eagle. Cool. Mm-hmm. I was never an Abercrombie person. But that was really cool to me, but I, I couldn't afford it. I couldn't afford any of it. I, I would go to the clearance section in the back. Me too. No one ever knew. Mm-hmm. You get past all the cologne and the perfume, and then the clearance section lies beyond that. <laughs> Literally clear. You're yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you, yeah, you can smell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So we, yeah, we would like hang out and why we would hang out in PE. We would hang out at lunch. I don't remember if we had any other classes together, but. Not that year. Not that year, but we definitely started because we started picking the same classes, I believe. Oh yeah. What um, did you like about spending time with each other? It was just a time for me to be able to just be myself. Like I very much remember on our walks just being able to speak about anything, and it was a catharsis. You know, at home life was pretty boring for me. Just had two siblings born back to back. You know, yeah. so. It was, not much attention on me anyways. Okay. And um and then my sister also moved away at that time. So it was like I had another sister to kind of, you know, vent to. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I felt the same way. I mean, when we were like freshmen in high school, you know, I at least had the experience where coming into high school, I didn't feel like I had a core group of friends. There were people that, like, yeah, I would hang out sort of on, like, the outer, the outskirts of their group, but I never felt like I was a part of it because the end of middle school, like, my friends had moved away, Mm -hmm. and so that's how it was. I was always just sort of on the outskirts. Um, And 
when I met Demetrius, same thing. I was like, oh my God, I can be myself. Like it was such Mm -hmm. a sigh of relief. Like I didn't have to worry about trying to impress him. I didn't have to Mm -hmm. worry about trying to be cool. I could literally just be myself. But she was both impressive and cool already. (laughs) See, but that's how I felt about you. That's how I felt about you. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was so nice. We would walk home. We would either go to AM, PM. Most of the time we did. Or we would just go straight to my house and we would watch Scrubs. Yes. And so we started calling each other Turk and JD, who are the two main characters Mm -hmm. from Scrubs. Mm -hmm. And initially, do you remember this? Uh... He was. I was like, I'm gonna start calling you Turk, and he was like, All right, and you're Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm not Elliot. Well, it was only because like they're both white women, so oh, yeah. like, naturally I'm sense. the black guy. You gotta be the white girl. I don't know. But I, I found her really annoying, <laughs> and I was like, I don't like her bangs. She's annoying. I want to be Zach Braff. Also. I want to be with Zach Braff. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was very complicated. It was, it was very complicated. <laughs> but those nicknames stuck. They those nicknames stick. stuck. Hmm. They've come with some, uh, some great gifts. They got the, uh, our matching braces that say Turk, Turk and JD. JD. Yeah, there's a, there's a musical episode. I love that episode. Uh, it's so good. Oh. Um, but they literally have matching, like, what are they, like, matching it's medicine like a bracelets? Medicine braces, yeah. And they literally, and so there's a line in the song about their friendship where they go that's why our matching bracelets say Turk and JD and they like hold up their wrists and he got us matching bracelets that say Turk and like the same ones for Christmas one year and we have a picture I'll be able to find it of I don't think either of us have the bracelets (laughs) you know it's somewhere at my parents house but we can't find them somewhere Mm. too yeah (laughs) so it sounds like you both Storm each other's brains at a young age, which is mm. so important. It's mm-hmm. that like pivotal moment, like you said, mm-hmm. being yourself and feeling comfortable with someone for the first time in that capacity. Mm-hmm. So, what's storming your brain now, all these years later? Now you live in the same city, mm-hmm. different boroughs. Mm-hmm. What? How has that adjustment been, both at, like on your own, but also as as a as a friendship unit? Um, well, I think right now I could probably be a lot better at hanging out with Sierra, especially since we're you know in the same place. But isn't that nutty though? Um, I mean, but even you know what? Yeah, it, yeah. I think you and I, I think both feel the same way because we have mm-hmm. s- so much going on elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's always like the it, same. It's every always time we the get same. Together, it's, and it's, I think you know, we both feel that like mm-hmm. I know. Okay, we have to hang out. Okay, I know. Yeah, yeah. But. Yeah, it's it hasn't changed anything. I think if anything, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it picks up right where it left off mm-hmm. every time we get back together. I think you created that foundation, mm-hmm. that safe space, so it's just mm-hmm. touching back to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think what's kind of been keeping me from that is what's been storming my brain a lot is just trying to find more ways to be creative. Mm. And in that search, I tend to isolate. But yeah. it's not about, you know, anyone else in particular. It's very much about me trying to, again, storm my brain and figure out what to do with myself, you know? Yeah, I feel like our friend Ben, who was on last week, is very similar in that. He was like, mm-hmm. I, that, yeah, that retraction to mm-hmm. be able to go in and mm-hmm. think through it. Yeah. So you moved to New York. How long were you in New York before COVID hit? A couple years? A year? Uh, just about a year, I would okay. say. I was about there about a year and... Um, won't get too into it, but fell into a relationship as a New York can, you know, make you do moving to a new city. Mm-hmm. 
didn't work out, left uh, New York back to California for about half a year, and then just recently returned last year in October. Okay. So the city's definitely um, been giving me a run for my money, but I keep coming back. I love it here so much. Yeah, you visited, I remember when you were like, I really want to move to New York. I feel mm-hmm. like you've been talking that for about that for a very long time yeah. anyway. Mm-hmm. But Demetrius was at UC Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. Yes. And go, go Banana, banana Slugs. slugs. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, we're all um, from California. We are. So we're then. all from yeah. California. Yeah. Uh, but I remember you coming to visit mm-hmm. on New Year's Eve and you came and you celebrated. I was working, but you came mm-hmm. and we have pictures of it. Came and celebrated with me at work mm-hmm. and you told me a lot mm-hmm. um but one of the things you told me was that you were like i really want to move to new york mm-hmm. and we have a picture of us with champagne from the night yes. and then after work we went and got a dollar slice and slapped yeah. up on like a stoop yeah um do you want to talk though about that transition like how was that for you what made you want to make that move um what were you doing in santa cruz yeah to begin with well, actually, around that time, I think I had just maybe dropped out of college at that time. Mm-hmm. I was studying human biology, and okay. it was good. I can do it, but it wasn't my passion. I, I found myself uh, doing theater on the side and also dancing competitively on a hip-hop team. Shout out, Halloween. Um That's rad. While I was How did you college. find them? Well, when I got to my university after I transferred from community college. It was the only hip-hop team on campus. It was also associated with the Filipino Student Association. Rad. <laughs> so it was something that I also um, strangely and, and excitedly got into knowing more about the Filipino um, culture and also got to fulfill my love for dance as I started in high school. Mm -hmm. Sierra was on the dance team. I was on the hip hop squad. And uh, so we bonded over that as well, Mm -hmm. just being, you know, dancers at Mm -hmm. that time. And um, yeah, I just realized that was my passion. It's one of the few things that I was doing that really fulfilled me. Performing in any capacity is just something that I knew I had to chase. And Right after I left Santa Cruz, I knew if I wanted to fulfill these things, like New York was a destination for me. And visiting Sierra that time really, you know, it, I just felt the buzz of the city and it really, it was calling to me. It was. And um, yeah, now I'm here and still trying to chase that buzz. <laughs> it's magnetic. It I mean, magnetic. I got, it got chills you, you saying that it has that buzz to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so did it not feel, pursuing it, like, right out of high school, did that not feel like an option, like, familial obligations mm-hmm. or something you were telling yourself? It was definitely a familial thing. Um, it kind of been hammered into me at a young age that, like, you are going to be something. And I don't know, at one point it became a doctor, but at some point my brain was like, I am going to be a, a heart surgeon, you know what I mean? Not, mm-hmm. not even just a regular, you know general practitioner it was like heart surgery like that is it that's it for me and wow. yeah I started studying and you know I'm good at the math and the science and and it took me to actually being on my own and starting to perform and and support myself in these things you know what I mean that I realized this is what I want to do you know when I'm not studying for my 
midterm is because I'm busy trying to get off book for a show. You know what I mean? It's like it was it was obvious to me that this wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. Right. I, I had a similar experience in high school where like it's yeah, I could do the math and the science if mm. I wanted to. Mm. And I remember taking chemistry or something. Maybe it was AP. I don't remember. And mm. senior year. But I was like head of the drama club mm-hmm, and doing all the mm-hmm. projects after school and would like, you know, skip a class to go paint sets or whatever. And I remember my professor from chemistry coming to me and being the same thing. It's like, if you're just apply yourself, I said, don't you see where I am applying myself mm-hmm. though? Yes. Like, why does it have to do, is it one even possible for me to apply myself equally to mm-hmm. all of these different mm-hmm. subjects? And right. two, why aren't you supporting me? I remember him coming to a drama club meeting. Like it was like a lunch meeting and him like coming and being like, okay, so this is what you're up to. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was Get out of odd. here. Yeah. But yeah. And then you're feeling that pressure. So that makes complete sense. That you're like, okay, go banana slugs. Let's go do this mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And you're how many, like you're a year in semester in before you start to feel. I was about probably two years in. Probably two years in, I was really um, getting established within the, my dance team, and I just found the African American Theater Arts Troupe. Okay, on tell campus. us more about that. Um, yeah, yeah, ATAT of this has my heart. Um, mm-hmm. Mr. Wood, Donald Williams, I want to shout you out. Uh, <laughs> the head of the ATAT um, organization, and I was just going to a a rehearsal for dance and I'm walking through the theater and I lock eyes with this 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 black man and he looks at me he goes you and I like look I look behind me I'm like me he's like yes you I'm like okay he's like I need a brother just like you for my show and I said oh sorry sir like I'm a, I'm a dancer you know what I mean like, I'm actually heading the dance practice right now he's like no 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 <laughs> just come here here's my card meet me in this building just read for me and if you don't like it you don't have to do it. And I was like, you know what? Deal. Deal. I'm going to do this dance practice. I'll be there. So I get there, and it's, a, it's me and a room full of women. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> okay, like, I, don't, I don't understand what's going on, but okay. And so he hands me the script, and he's like, here, you're going to read the part of Lank. This was for a play called Detroit 67 by Dominique Morso. And... So he just keeps having me read across from like a bunch of different women. I don't know what's happening. I'm like, okay. So after it's over, he leaves and he goes, so I kind of already cast you as my lead. (laughs) 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 And so what your job now is to to pick your opposite. Like pick, (laughs) I was like, what are you? I never agreed to this, but I loved, I was loving every moment of it. I loved it. I was like, this is phenomenal. I could, and yeah. Picked opposite, ended up doing a whole entire show for the first time, and realized that I even got more of a thrill from that than I did from dancing, and it came so naturally. You know, performing I think is it's something that you can weave in and out of different types of it. Um, you know, as artists, I'm sure you guys also understand. Um, you guys, you know, singing and improv, comedy, even drama, this, even you know, this. this you know medium. I mean, I mean yeah. you've talked about that, like you keying into Tennessee Williams has mm-hmm. a different feeling than mm-hmm. dancing for a recital, oh, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, huh. absolutely. I, and I don't know. I don't know. I, you and I both, Demetrius, like like you said, we both grew up dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a while, I, like I remember one, one year during high school, my mom was like, okay, we're going to find you like a little summer like a like a camp or something Mm -hmm. and she found this thing called CESA California State Summer School for the Arts and they had different categories like different programs 
she found it because she was like, there's a dance program. I want you to go. Well, when I looked into it and saw that there was an acting program, <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I'm going to go for acting. Mm-hmm. She's like, what? <laughs> what? But, but dance. And I'm like, no, no. I just, you just know. There's mm-hmm. something, I love dancing, and I'm sure you feel the same way, but there's something, I think, a little more intimate and a little more mm-hmm. vulnerable Yes. about taking on another person yeah and uh, showing their vulnerabilities mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean how do you get more vulnerable than that right yeah do you feel the same way so so or i guess my question is like what is that draw what yeah. sets it apart for you from dance yeah and uh, and connected with that what about your brain when you're acting do you do you find intriguing versus when you're dancing? Like, mm-hmm. how does your brain work differently mm-hmm. when you're mm-hmm. doing those two different things? Yeah. And yeah, again, what's that draw? Mm-hmm. I remember a specific <laughs> moment the first time it ever happened, and it's happened since before, but when I was on stage and I was monologuing about something serious, you know, just really losing myself, and then I, you know, you have those moments where you actually come back and realize, like, oh, like, I'm, on the, I'm on the stage, mm-hmm. and I looked down, and the lady in front of me was crying. And I even like fell out of character for a second. Like, wow! Like, I, I, you know, made from what I just said made someone have this reaction. Mm. And somehow I finished the scene. I don't remember, but I just remember going, "Whoa!" I never. When I'm dancing, you're, you're especially on the hip hop team. You're moving constantly. You're going on stage, off stage. It's very much, you know, you don't really have too many moments to be aware of yourself you have to be very much aware of the team mm-hmm. and that was kind of the just feeling I've been chasing since then the 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 vibration of everyone tuning in to the energy that you're putting out because I feel like acting is kind of it's kind of it's choreography too you know it very much is choreography but for some reason speaking it having that extra element of putting forth emotions with the way you sound I don't know it, it's just different it activates some something primal I feel Mm. like being able to affect another yeah that's huge yeah Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. one with like you said having the vulnerability with someone else in the scene but when you affect someone outside of it Mm -hmm. that yeah it's like it's another like Mm -hmm. you said another vibration it really feels it's like bringing me back right now because it's been such a minute yeah Mm -hmm. um now what do you find now you've moved to New York let's jump back to this okay Mm -hmm. you've moved to New York you made the choice Mm -hmm. what was that like for you (laughs) <laughs> um, that first year is a doozy that's the word I oh always use that for everyone anyone who's like how long have you been here and they tell me like oh a year plus how about that first year huh yeah, <laughs> oh my like, gosh like, yeah. are you okay <laughs> right exactly <laughs> yeah the first year I still feel the effects from the, from the first year me too year. <laughs> yeah, yeah me, me too yeah. <laughs> um, you know what was the question I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't I think I had one I think okay. it was just <laughs> So you that big that transition. The transition. Um, so your idea of New York versus the reality, I guess. I feel like I actually just recently started living in New York. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I feel I've reached a point where I have a stable enough job, and you know I'm not exactly fighting literally to live here. Mm-hmm. I'm not fighting against the urge to go back home. 
I'm not fighting against the urge of not having enough money and wondering if I can even survive here. You know what I mean? I've been lucky enough during the pandemic to have a job. It's, I mean, service industry became essential. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I did continue to work and that um, I'm fortunate for. But it also just bought, brought me a sense of home. I have a routine and routine is meditation. I need to speak of meditation in the last one, but it's something that is kept me sane until kind of now mm. now I'm kind of I've, I need creative outlet like I've been very much happy and content working and being able to have this but now I'm remembering like oh yeah I'm an artist and I actually haven't done any of that <laughs> that's what's been missing <laughs> we're just nodding like, yeah, yeah. Our young characters over here because it's so no, relatable and yeah. I think too especially because yeah you moved here and then we're here like you said what like a year and then pandemic mm-hmm. so I mean I know after my first year in the city it was the same thing of like just figuring out my bearings trying to get over that culture shock mm-hmm. and once I finally was like okay I have a job I'm making money I know that I'm not going to, like, get kicked out of where I'm living. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, now I can start thinking a little bit about other things, mm-hmm. like... Creative endeavors, know, yeah. Yeah, anything else. But you had that and then had the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I can't even imagine how that yeah, how that it, must have been, too. I feel mm-hmm. like that that must have just been so hard. Have you started... And you're still on that journey of trying to find those creative things. Yeah, I mean, I started to try to remind myself that I'm ready for it mm-hmm. because since honing in more on just on myself physically and, you know, financially, for some reason this made me more scared to take leaps mm-hmm. in, in, in a creative way because I know that it is kind of a gamble and it would cause me to kind of throw myself out of this safety Whereas, like, I know you're you, you're a very active, fit mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. That has, like you said, that stability. You know what the result is. Mm-hmm. I go to the gym for X amount of hours. Mm-hmm. I do, like, day. I know what the result mm-hmm. is there. But with the creative endeavors, you throw it out there. We're doing this pod. We throw it out there. We mm-hmm. don't know what the return yeah. is. And that's part of the freedom of it now mm-hmm. that we're in mm-hmm. pandemic times. Mm-hmm. So what creative p- impulses have you started to feel? Is it... I want to act, I want to mm-hmm. dance, I want to mm-hmm. model. Like, what? what's pulling you? I want to do anything. all of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so, for example, I, I just have recently posted pictures on my Instagram, and I've actually been sitting on those pictures for a little bit now. Like, mm-hmm. Sierra saw them when I first got them, but it was something that I still was like, do I even want anybody to see this part of me? Because they're just photos. Oh, I'm not even, I'm not in anything. It's just, it's you know, I don't know. Subscribing value to the things that I've done to make myself happy, wondering if other people will feel a certain way about it. You know what I mean? But I have mm-hmm. to remember that I'm doing these things for me, first and foremost. So it should be good just to release it and just to get it out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I find myself constantly smashing creative impulses before I can even act on them. Mm-hmm. Most of the time because what gets in my head is, uh, what if someone thinks something weird of it? Mm-hmm. It's all right. I always am constantly like, uh, no, I don't know. People wouldn't like that mm-hmm. instead of just, but do I like it? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of doing it because it's something I want to do. That's mm-hmm. something that I know I'm working on right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to overcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, okay, here's something that I'm going to get off my chest just because it just happened. And I feel like this is a safe space. Yeah. I submitted, I signed up for Backstage. Yes. I might have to beat that out. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, they're one of our sponsors. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. and, and I started submitting for a lot of things. And I submitted for a horror anthology series. And the director sent me Backside. Like, he liked everything that I look and the few videos I had up. And... I just got scared. I just never recorded sides. I just, and the deadline passed this past weekend. I was like, why didn't I just, oh, like, literally that could have been it. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, I know the sides were great. I identified with the work. And I was just like, nah, I, I could, you know, I don't know. This isn't, that was, wouldn't happen for me. You know, so why even do it? But then I'm like, why did I not just, you know, put myself out there? I know it's what I want. And then when an opportunity comes, I'm just not ready, I feel like. Okay. That's interesting. My, one that. of my questions was like, what are your creative mental, like those roadblocks for you? Mm-hmm. And it's like you're psyching yourself out. Yes. Okay. Yes. Interesting. And then that's that's another thing. I don't know. That's, I find interesting about the audition culture is like that mm. could have been it. You know, you put the mm-hmm. pressure on, like mm-hmm. you put the project on a pedestal. Like if I don't what have I passed up? Mm-hmm. But then it could have been someone else's it, you know, and maybe yeah. you not doing those sides, then someone else submitted and it was the thing mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. we, we psych ourselves out and we, we put the auditions and projects on a pedestal. I don't know if you feel similarly, yeah. but it's like, well, that could have been the thing that got me to yeah. the next thing. Yeah. But maybe your brain was like telling you for a reason that you need to, well, uh, mm-hmm, maybe I'm not ready mm-hmm. to do this quite yet. So that's interesting. I don't know. It's not right or wrong. I just find it interesting. Mm-hmm, that's like a theme mm-hmm. with creators and performers yeah. mm-hmm. and submissions specifically, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, I really like that you said that, that maybe it was meant for somebody else because I really, the universe has been speaking to me in like weird ways lately. And... I feel like things are happening at the pace they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. And I have to keep reminding myself lately that I'm in the middle of everything I've dreamed of. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> like, I'm, I have my own apartment. You know, I'm living, in, I'm living in New York. I have a cool job. I'm just like, whoa, like, this is it. Like, why am I? I have nothing to be upset about. Like, this, you know, 13-year-old me talking to Sierra about this would be so proud. Yeah. Would be so proud. And I have to remember to celebrate that, like, daily. Daily. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's so easy to forget to celebrate yourself. It's mm-hmm. so easy. It's mm-hmm. the first thing we let go, mm-hmm. I think, is that celebration. So thank you for saying that. I needed to hear that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so speaking about, like, celebrating ourselves, mm-hmm. what do you love about how your brain works? <laughs> okay. As of lately, I really like that my brain has been able to tell me to shut up. what do you mean by that okay so I didn't even realize I was doing it but recently I was speaking to not recently I would say about last year Mm -hmm. last year during the pandemic I was speaking to I don't remember who but they were just like I can curse it they were were like shut the fuck up and I was like what he was like please just like shut the fuck up and I was just I sat back and I was just like was I I'm, was I interrupting you? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, I didn't even, like, reg- it didn't register to me. I don't know, maybe pandemic times or whatever, but I was just like, whoa. And I said, thank you. Like, no one has, usually people, I think, just, you know, 
will hide themselves because I'm, you know, too so strong of a personality, not maybe in a good way all the time. Okay. I was like, I never realized that. Like, why has no one, you know, and told me? <laughs> and he was like, you're still doing it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you still haven't shut the fuck up. Though. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So like recently I've been really good at people, when people are speaking, I will listen and get more information out of things. <laughs> That self-awareness. Yeah. That's interesting. So we had, when we had Lucia on, she made a similar comment of her interrupting for her. It may interpret to other people that it's interruption or not paying attention, but for her, she's wanting to show that she's interested Mm. or engaged. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that way? Or is it just that you are, you are on your own like rhythm and you're vibing with Mm -hmm. yourself and then you're like, Oh, there's another person here. Yeah, I feel like it's like some Aries, like, Ooh, fire, too. like, I just want to hear myself talk type thing. <laughs> and it's also like me not, or it used to be me not being open to hearing people's opinions on things I hold dear. Mm. Like, you know, sometimes politics or anything like that. Um, I'm very quick to nip it and be like, no, no, you know, but... Given the past year and given, you know, the climate we're in, I actually tend to just want to hear what people are coming from. Even if they sound completely crazy, I'm like, well, you know, let me just hear. Maybe I'll try try to find some logic. And if not, at least now I know you're completely crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Where we're from, a lot of the people tend to have differing opinions Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. us, right? Like, I feel like you and me and our little tiny friend group mm-hmm. we would we were always like the more liberal corner yeah. in the in the ap gov class full of mm-hmm. conservative kids mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. um so since making this discovery of wanting to listen to that mm-hmm. side more have you been able to experience that with people from back home like with that type of person because it can it can tend to lean very aggressively Mm -hmm. combative combatively Mm -hmm. and aggressively Mm -hmm. uh right leaning yes uh yes i have and i was very surprised at how calm i was because uh, my friend who i live big with back home he had some very conservative family members and Myself being the black man there at the time, they decided to ask me about, you know, Black Lives Matter and mm-hmm. don't don't I think Black Lives Matter is going too far and blah blah blah. And I was like, well, um, you know, for me, it's it's not about the organization or about certain you know people in power. It's about the phrase for me, Black Lives Matter. You know what I mean? Like that's. He's like, but what about white? I'm like, just not, it doesn't, where does it say white anywhere? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying black lives matter. I'm not saying white lives don't matter. Right. I didn't say they matter more. And to try to get through with someone who was still just saying like, no, that statement is, is inherently disrespectful to other people. Um, and to try to hear his logic and try to see if I can come at it and explain it a different way and it not happening was both alarming but also kind of comforting because then it makes me know, okay, I don't have to try to teach everyone because not everyone's teachable. Hmm. And he's, he even asked me, well, how do, how do we help? How do we, how can we change if we're having differing opinions? I said, well, it starts by having 
conversations like this one. Mm-hmm. And realizing that coming from opposite sides, we can still speak to each other in a certain way with a certain level of respect as adults. And though we might not agree, maybe some type of different consensus can be found. You know, in that moment, it was, well, let's just enjoy the rest of this party. You know what I mean? You know, let's, let's not make it into a huge thing. Let's just enjoy the rest of this party. Let's not talk about it anymore. I realize we disagree. So. And sometimes those pennies drop later for that person. Mm-hmm. Maybe you said that then, and they couldn't take it in fully then. Mm-hmm. And it's also so interesting that they put the role of teacher on the black person. Mm-hmm. Teach yeah. me now. Yeah. Educate your fucking self. <laughs> like, where's it the d- check? I'll teach you. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and it's setting you up. It's like... It's setting you up. It's like they don't want to hear your answer. It's exactly. just so interesting. It's mm-hmm, such an interesting mm-hmm. tactic. Mm-hmm. So I'm proud of you for like keeping that neutral and knowing yeah. how much of that was actually helpful and yes. went, okay, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not getting like, anywhere. This is too much energy. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. trying to give to you the person who asked for my opinion. Yeah. 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 Um, mm-hmm. And that's also something I've been working on lately is not putting that type of energy everywhere. It's been 2020, especially, it was very exhausting, you know, to be a black man. And it was something that I have to figure out to keep, how to keep close to me, but also keep far enough away to where it's not physically hurting me every single day. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I, not personally, yeah, yeah, but yeah. yes. Oh, yes, yeah. In, like in it, a concept. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. how do you, one, in New York, I think does a really good job of going, I can't give my energy to everybody. Yes. It's going to suck it up. Yeah, yeah. Two... How do you, what are your touchstones, cultural touchstones Mm -hmm. for you Mm -hmm. in the city? For me, it's definitely um, through music and through like the art and the the mediums I'm exposing myself to. I just read a very good book called um, What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Blacker Mm -hmm. (laughs) by Damon Young. And it's a collection of comedic like short stories about his life. You know what I mean? And, And what I really enjoyed about it was just that it just made me realize that I'm not alone. And these things, even though I can, you know, sometimes isolate myself in times of these struggles, just to realize that there still is a collective of us experiencing these things and still moving forward. So reminding myself in that way that no matter how bad things may look, things are still moving forward. I feel it can seem a lot that things are going backwards, but I really do feel just a strong sense of energy pushing in the right direction. And that's just that thought alone is something that kind of keeps me focused um yeah especially with so much going on it's it's i take i have a very uh, delicate <laughs> sometimes you know and to there's a point during the pandemic you know when you're very much in solitary and then every time you turn on the tv it's i'm seeing another person who looks like me you know dead and uh it definitely took a toll at some point but i had to just remember to save some energy for myself being selfish isn't always a bad thing. Everyone thinks being selfish is so terrible, but sometimes you really have to be to stay sane. <laughs> you know, when Sierra lived with me, she printed out some quotes, and one of them said, self-care isn't selfish, and we kept it. It's in our apartment, and I just read it today, so uh, thanks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it was laminated, so it's like, Ooh, oh, yeah. yeah. I might have you were not kidding. the laminator at work. <laughs> she did. <laughs> No, I loved that. I loved that. Obviously, I knew you as your younger self. Uh, But no, I just, I want to know, what piece of advice would you give Mm. to your younger self? I would say just to not be sorry about who you are. 
I mean, it took a while. I'm now a proud uh, bisexual man, and uh, I'm in the queer community, and I I'm, I don't care anymore who knows, or frankly, because it's no one's business. You know, yeah. first of all, yeah. <laughs> it's no one's business who I'm sleeping with, but I've only been able to go more forward with just living unapologetically. And, um, yeah, I think that's it. That definitely kept me... Being in hiding is is terrifying. I mean, uh, I've seen my own friends grow because I've been, you know, confident enough to be myself and to see my own friends start to change their thought processes and and stick up for different things. It wouldn't have happened had I stayed and, and hid myself, you know, and not to say that I'm the reason that they're better, but you know what I mean? But to just have someone close to you be different and then being able to accept that and overcome it, I think is important for a lot of people. A lot of people don't get that. Absolutely. Right. I feel like when you when you see someone else being a, unapologetically themselves, mm-hmm. it tends to, you know, it's it's catching. Mm-hmm. It, people go, oh wait, I also can mm-hmm. can be myself to the fullest. Yeah. You know, you can release those worries of what other people think Mm -hmm. and I think the more it's encouraged to just be you whatever that entails the more it'll pass on to Mm -hmm. to other people whether you know it or not whether you're aware of of it or not yeah it's such a catalyst and Mm -hmm. then you start to realize like you see the energy of other people who are living unapologetically especially being in the service industry like when Mm -hmm. you come in Mm -hmm. contact with people who feel more authentic or a little bit freer like oh you're a little farther along on whatever this path is Mm -hmm. that feels (laughs) yeah give me some of that yeah Yeah. (laughs) and then you start to like it's magnetic then you start to attract you know your your group whatever you want to call that Mm -hmm. your fam (laughs) whatever you want to call it but it really it's 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 really magnetic so i'm excited for you that's a really good feeling yes thank you Yeah, yeah i mean even you guys are inspirational too, you know, like this podcast. It's, I've been probably hearing about it for as long as you guys have been talking about it. That's <laughs> real. That's and real. Like, and to, to just see you guys thriving in this too, it's like, hey, like sometimes you, sometimes it's natural, like you guys, but even you can work on things and make them become the dream you want. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and you guys have been brainstorming this for so long. And <laughs> yeah, it's well, phenomenal. I, I love this thank outlet. Thank you. Thanks, but that's yeah. the thing. It took so so many months and years of us nudging each other and, and mm-hmm. encouraging each other. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm bruised here. Yeah, years so much nudging. nudging. Yeah. But you know, it's like, yeah, now that we're sort of in it, mm-hmm. we're still finding our footing and finding that comfort in it. But um, it took work. It mm-hmm. took three years of me not doing anything creative to go, I need something creative mm-hmm. again. So I love hearing people say like, those creative impulses, yeah, they're coming back. Like mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. that time frame is for you yeah. is fine. And I had I just could, did not tell myself that enough during yeah. those three years. And it took, you know, other people being like, no, it's okay, you're fine, mm-hmm. you'll get back mm-hmm. to it. But I just that's something I would tell my younger self. It's like you're on your mm. own timeline, you're on your own. Mm. You know, it's not that comparison is a trap. My dad told me that when I was young. And I he, I hear that more and more as I get older. Comparison mm-hmm. is a gosh darn trap. Mm-hmm. Something that, that stuck in my brain that I got from you back in college. I remember you saying, 
stay in your own lane. That was reference to driving. She was terrible. <laughs> Horrible driver. <laughs> How many accidents? Let's not even know. Okay, oh. actually, we did not get that up. <laughs> Why do you think I moved to New York? You I would tell your younger self, get a chauffeur. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that idea of staying in your own lane, and it's like you said earlier, do you, like, you're in the middle mm-hmm. of what you once dreamed of. Mm-hmm. And... I know I certainly don't ever take enough time to acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this before, but it's so easy to get into that comparison game and look at other people on their paths Mm -hmm. and go, oh, that's where I should be. Oh, they're doing so much creative things. I should be doing that. When in reality, where you are right now is Mm -hmm. exactly where you are meant to be. Mm -hmm. And it's going to give you that that push to go to the next step. Mm-hmm. There is no right. There is no wrong. Mm-hmm. It just is. Mm-hmm. So it is what it is. It is what it is. What it is. I think what it is is a break. I think maybe it's a break time. Yeah, I'm down for a break. Give okay. me a break. Give, Give me, me a break. Take me as a piece of that. Applesauce. Yes, yeah, no trademarks. Fan- Fancy feast. <laughs> No, he says football cream. cream. (laughs) Brainstorming. We're going to get Ed Helms to do a cameo. Uh, Oh my gosh, I wish. (laughs) He's one of our sponsors. (laughs) Backstage and Ed Helms. Let's make a break. Hello, we're back. We, we've been Hi. broken. We broke. We broke, and now we are back. I'm back. Broke. Yeah, I, I was trying to be creative and silly, and I didn't. I couldn't think of a word. Anyway, <laughs> hey, Demetrius. Yeah. We're gonna play a game. What kind of game are we gonna play? It's called Mash. Mashmaker. Have right. you played Mash? Um, I remember vaguely Mash. I think. From, like, back in the day, elementary school? Yes, and from, like, waking up at 1 a.m. and there's, like, mash on the TV. Is that? Oh, (laughs) Oh, no. We (laughs) were different. See, that's the show mash. Okay. Now, this is the elementary school game mash. Which stands for not... Mansion. Oh, yes, yours. What were you going to say? TV show, and I'm trying to remember because we looked it up. I think it's military, army, (laughs) surgical hospital. I know surgical hospital is right. For those last two, but wow, I've never seen it. Mm -hmm. It's on my list, (laughs) low, low, low down on it. But yeah, we're we're still rewatching Gilmore Girls. Um, (laughs) uh, So for the game, this stands for mansion, apartment, shack, house, and this is a game where we like to we like to predict your future, Mm -hmm. if you will. Uh, you know, during pandemic times, we're feeling lost. We may maybe not have that life path. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. similarly, like you talked about, you were told at a young age, okay, doctor. And then you went, okay, heart surgeon. And then you mm-hmm. went, okay, we're mm-hmm. going to New York. <laughs> so it's so funny how easily these things can shift and how set on things we were when we were younger. So mm-hmm. it's like a fun thing to play now. Yeah, mm-hmm. And like Sierra's cool. really good. I'm really good at uh, being the mash maker. Um, So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to draw a spiral. You're just going to tell me when to stop, okay? And that's going to determine our magic number, which is going to tell us, is going to help us determine your future, all right? All right, I'm ready. (laughs) Stop. 
All right. Short and sweet, baby. Yeah. I love it. Honestly, I've never thought about it this way. You know, you're spiraling out of control. What's my life going to be? You know, you've never thought about it. That's probably like, oh, oh. That's a way to think about it. So our first category is partner. I want you to give me four options for a partner for yourself. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, okay. We're going to start with Idris Elba. Love him. This isn't this is the second time we've had him as a as an as option. An option. Mm-hmm. We're gonna follow with Michelle Obama. Oh god. <laughs> now would that be an open Love. relationship with Barack or a separate I'm hoping. I'm uh, hoping I don't have to, you know, split that holy matrimony. Mm-hmm. I'd like to, you know, be a nice thruple with the Obamas. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> My ultimate dream. Um, <laughs> they get somehow he gets reelected. You're like the world's worst like first thruple. You know, like like well, there's the first lady, and then there's the first thruple. Yes, exactly. Wait, I would love. That. I would watch that. That would be TV amazing. Show. Yeah. It would be. Okay. How many have... options do I get? <laughs> you get two more. Um, but you could make any of them a thruple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to. Have my third be Zendaya. Zendaya. Mm. Sorry. She I, likes when you call her Zendaya. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not Sierra. Just I ruined Zendaya. that. I just yeah. ruined that. Zendaya. Um, sidebar about Zendaya. There's this really stupid guy, comedian. Zendaya? On, no, his <laughs> name is Gabriel Gundacker, and I am obsessed with him. Okay. And he made this video... And it, he it's like him in L.A. or something walking by these like movie posters of some movie that Zendaya was in. And each poster is like the cartoon character with the voiceover actor's name over it. And Zendaya is one of the character actors. And he made a whole song of just <laughs> the posters. And so it's like him point walking by the posters and looking and starting the song and going, but he he mispronounces her name (laughs) it's it's he says zendaya but it's zendaya anyway so it's like zendaya is michi and lebron james is guangi (laughs) danny devito is gorgel common is stone keeper and zendaya is michi zendaya is michi it's it's so you guys i love that (laughs) it is so funny and absurd and i love it so anyway thank you for that third choice of zendaya (laughs) well thank you for Allowing me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Number four. Yeah. Henry Cavill. (gasps) Wait, Henry Cavill is one of those white guys. Yeah, he he looks like Matt Bomer. Like they all kind of. You don't look like Matt Bomer. Don't. How dare you? No, he's this guy. It's the witch. He does. He looks exactly like Matt Bomer. (laughs) Look up Matt Bomer. Okay, I guess they do kind of look similar. I mean, they're very. But I hot. want, I want the straight one. I don't want, I don't want Matt Bomber. No That's offense. who I thought it was was Matt Bomber. But I they literally look the same, you guys. <laughs> they do. All right, fine. I think whatever. I like well, his, what about they're all hot. I like his hairy chest. Okay. Mm. Did he play Superman or something? Yes, he did. Yes, okay, he did. Yeah, I can totally. And see The Witcher. That. Okay, I haven't seen that. And he was really good in Mission Impossible. He's very cute. 
Thanks. Yeah. This is a good choice. Okay, so we have. I like him with longer hair. That's really nice. We have. He has that traditional front curl. That's mm-hmm. really appealing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the butt chin. I like a butt chin. Okay. Mm. Good to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I'm searching for you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, the next category is children. Like how many? Yeah. Or or you we've know, opened it up to. I've opened it up to. Initially, yes, it's how many, but I've opened it up to. Uh, who like who do you want to be? Who do I want to be my child? <laughs> no one's taking me up on that yet, but I'm waiting yeah. for the day, honestly. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I just do. He's <laughs> <laughs> simple as better. It seems. Let's just it's do category. the number of kids. Fine, fine. I want to either have. Let's go two, four, six, eight. My mom grew up with 11 brothers and sisters, so eight, eight would actually be not too... Yeah, I have so many cousins, like 70 cousins. It's a lot. How did I not know that? About you know that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Five Half boys, six step. girls. Oh, wow. Okay. No, like they're all, they're all they're all full-blooded siblings. Wow. Yeah. And you have three siblings, right? He's counting. <laughs> I, have, I have five now, I think. Let's see. Sorry, really? I'm going to have to count out loud. I'm sorry, guys. There's Malachi, and then Malachi, and then Soraya, Delilah, Did you Jordan. Malachi twice? Uh, Jessica's son is Malachi, so he's mm-hmm. also my sibling. And they have a daughter together now, my dad and Jessica, named Delilah. Oh, so, oh that's... Yes, Delilah I know about. Mm-hmm. And I then Malachi and Soraya from the previous marriage. Which I remember when they were born. Yeah, me too, my whole life, uh... Just kidding. <laughs> I love you guys. Demetrius, <laughs> sidebar, Demetrius, when we were like freshmen, he used to make this face, <laughs> which it's like a running joke with us because he would make this face to try and scare his brother Malachi. It and worked. it was so mean, but so funny. And it worked. Exactly. Yeah, he would make this face uh, and it looked yeah, like I'll this. Show you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's ter- that's it's terrifying. terrifying. Yeah, hilarious. <laughs> and Malachi would he would cry immediately. It was so it mean, was great. but I thought it was so funny, and I would always try and get him to make the face, and he'd be like, "No." And so if we were around people, I'd be like, "Make the face." He'd be like, "No." The moment they look away, he'd look at me and make the face really quick. It's so <laughs> impressive where the tension goes. Boy, I wish our listeners. Could. But it's, like, it's a spread tension that most people only focus it on the mouth, but it's going. It's yes. the nostrils. Mm. It's the eyebrows. It's the forehead. No one will ever see the face because he won't let me. She's been trying to take pictures. She says I she has have. a picture of it. I, I still don't believe her. And I know you have pictures of me trying to do it. We chat it for each other. It's blackmail. I definitely have that. Yes. Yes. Because. <laughs> We'll try and screenshot each other while we're FaceTiming to get it. I definitely have it for you. I don't believe her. And I don't... I, I do believe you. I <laughs> I'm the ugly photo king. I have ugly photos of everyone just saved and stockpiled so just great. in case. I wish you'd drop those during quarantine. Just boop. Just Ooh. one every once in a while. Someone's oh, birthday is no. coming up soon. <laughs> <laughs> You would regret it, pal. No regrets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, moving on. Career. Four options. Heart surgeon. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Actor. Actor. Astronaut. Is there a specific planet you'd want to visit? <laughs> Uranus. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. There it is. <laughs> I would have been pissed if you didn't. Yeah, yeah, we set that up. That was a yeah. fall. <laughs> um, fourth job. What's something cool I've never done? I, I want to be a muralist. A muralist. Yeah, I really wish I could draw. I can't. 
And if I was able to draw, I'd want to make huge drawings. Yeah, huge pieces of art. You can. You can do it. <laughs> I want to see what you would come up with. Because right now, like these giant stick said, figures. Stick figures. <laughs> <laughs> see, people, people, people draw <laughs> stick figures differently. I want to see your interpretation of a stick uh, figure. Uh, I want like Harlem size. Yeah. Mural. That would be awesome. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Beautiful. Transportation. Is flying an option? Hell yeah, it is. Like Superman flying. Like on When I have Henry Cavill as my... <laughs> that would be back. romantic. <laughs> oh. <laughs> a motorcycle. Motorcycle. Sidecar for Henry. Exactly, yeah. obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Jetpack. Okay, Shannon's going to come up with your fourth one. Oh, man, I want you to have flubber on your shoes. <gasps> wow. Bouncy, bouncy, bouncy. That's a good one. Whoa, I haven't thought about that movie in so That's long. That's phenomenal. Flubber I watched it shoes. during. Yeah, I watched it during. He misses his wedding. That's the opening is that. I know. He's so <laughs> missing. Oh, the flubber. He misses his wedding. <laughs> Such on, a man. bummer. Yeah. All right. All right, I'm going to mash. Go. Make you up. Mash making? Well, we're still trying to figure it out. I'm going to mash you. I'm gonna. You're getting mashed. Mash your yeah. maker. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't mash like that. You've met your, you know, you've met your maker. You know that phrase? Yeah. What's that about? But, <laughs> <laughs> but you've met your mash maker. Is there something there? Something. So, do you remember playing this game in elementary school? Is it like a vague? Because it was big for sleepovers. For, I was say, for I really feel gals. like yeah, it was. It was. Um, that was definitely one of the weird things that was like a gendered thing yeah. for some reason. It's like girls play mash. But every now and then a girl would come up to me like, let's do your mash. You oh, know okay. What I mean? It was that type of thing. It's such a gender thing. Yeah. We gotta know what we're gonna do with our lives. Who's, yeah. Who are we gonna marry? How many kids we gonna have? Like, it's, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, <laughs> it's just so backwards. <laughs> I know. And then people are like, why do you have issues? <laughs> let's just take a look. I think it's mash. Yeah, mash, mash is the reason for everyone's uh, okay. mental health issues. Yeah. I'm excited. It's really narrowing down here. Oh, they're Whoa, in. Oh, it's your so fast. Are. I know your spiral was little. Ready? Is that how that works? Yeah. <laughs> it's magic. Okay. Gosh, magic. Okay. Do you're going to live in an apartment. Okay. With your partner, Henry Cavill. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you guys are going to have six children. That's a lot of kids. <laughs> with Henry. With Henry Cavill, though. <laughs> Uh, but you're gonna be a muralist, so wow. I'm gonna see the. We're gonna see those stick figures on every single wall in Harlem, <laughs> on those big giant murals. And in space, when Superman flies me to space to make a mural mm-hmm. in space. Oh, first, oh first, on Uranus. Oh, oh Uranus. <laughs> first space muralist. And guess what? You're gonna have flubber shoes. Whoa. You get okay. to choose the shoes though, if you want. Oh yeah, any style. I want to go barefoot. I want to. <laughs> <laughs> Just flubber. I, I wonder. Contessa meets. I want to feel the flubber in between my toes. I bet it would feel really satisfying, honestly. You know, people have those. I'm not. I mean, I don't want to yuck your yum, but those weird ass shoes where you see every toe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just <laughs> Do that like with that. the flubber. I feel like and get your your crevices. Moist feel good, toes. Though. It's gotta. Okay, how do we feel about the word moist? I love it. Well, when it comes to flubber on feet, I think it's. <laughs> well, when it comes to flubber on feet. <laughs> Yeah, I'm over it being a weird word. No, I, I know like there it. was a time where I was like, no, I'm over it. No, Let it be it's for a great cakes. word. Let it yeah. be for yeah. body parts. I don't care. Yeah, like it's a you, great you word. moist sometimes. Yeah. yeah, armpits. 
toast. <laughs> so how do you feel about your results? Do you feel like you have... You know, I'm very happy. Um, I'm really... The first thing I thought of was that I'll need a surrogate. So if you know anyone who wants to carry half Kenan, heavy Cavill's babies... are you volunteering babies, for tribute? This... <laughs> No, I've had this idea for a game show for a really long time, and it's called Supermodel Surrogate Mom, and (laughs) gay couples basically are the judges for, it's like America's Mm -hmm. Next Top Model Mm -hmm. meets, I don't know, something else now, I'm sure there's, you know, but they're, they're trying to choose what, who, what surrogate they want, Mm. so they have to put these supermodels through, like, can you carry our baby, (laughs) you know, put my back, you know. I feel like there's something there. I've had this thought That's for years. That's a good idea, actually. That's a really good idea. So this could help you and Henry find your... It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a supermodel. I just think that's a funny concept. Yeah. It's like women who are used to... What's it called again? Supermodel carry your mom. Supermodel carry your mom. Yes. Carry your mom. Not carry your pigeon. Carry your mom. Carry your mom. I don't know. I think it's great. I think we need to add it to Tim, the get pod. on Tim, get on the jingle stat, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Say it with me. Wait, wait, say it again. <laughs> say it with me. Wait, say it again. Yeah, I forgot what it was. That's fine. Supermodel carry your mom. Supermodel, Supermodel carry your mom. mom. Oh, boy. Flat as fuck. <laughs> but that's the boy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks for mashing. Thank you for um, mashing me. Mash making. I'll mash your maker anytime, pal. Aww. I bet you will, because it's Henry Cavill. <laughs> <laughs> Let's you know take what? another break. Yeah. Let's take a little break while you process that. All right. <laughs> hey there, hi there. Hey there, ho there. What a lovely break, wouldn't you all say? Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. We sat quietly the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Just sat nothing, in silence. Nothing but a look. And a nod. And a nod. <laughs> Crisscross applesauce, hands folded in our laps. Vocal rest till we're back on mic. Mm. <laughs> and here we are. Uh, hey, Demetrius, do you have any creative endeavors you'd like to share? Is there something that you've seen recently, um, mm. a piece of art that you've observed, or a poem that you've read, or a song that's been sung? Mm. Well, there... It brings to mind this piece that I saw in uh, September to December 2019. I kept going back to it. It was a sculpture by Kahendi Wiley, who is a New York-based artist, African-American artist. And the title of it is Napoleon Leading the Army Over the Alps. So what he does is um, he takes old master paintings, which are paintings um, in the 1800s and before, and um, in Europe usually, and he does what he he takes just African-American males that he sees off the street or just someone of stature and he paints them in this style. So he has this one called um, that is based off of Jacques-Louis David's painting, Napoleon Crossing the Alps. And I don't know if you've seen it. It's the one of Napoleon. He's on the horse. The horse is rearing back and, you know, he has his, his hand in the air yeah. and he actually repainted it. Um, and that is Napoleon leading the army of the Alps. And then he did a sculpture called Rumors of War. And it's, a, it's basically a sculptural depiction of this picture. And it's 27 feet high and 16 feet wide. And it features a 
black man on the back of this of a horse. I think it's I want to say it's bronze. It's it's I can't remember what exactly it was made out of, but it was like when you get close up to it, you can see just the stature, and he had the striations of the horse and everything. But this, what's cool about it is the black man. He's wearing Air Force Ones. You know what I mean? He has locks or braids. I couldn't really tell. It was huge, and it just it depicts someone who looks like you know me in such a historical form. Is the way is the way I want to describe it. I don't know. It just really brought to when I saw it. It brought like a lot of emotions to me because I'd seen this picture a lot, you know, with Napoleon on it. And for me, what it meant, I maybe should look up the artist's interpretation. But for me, it just meant that I could be anywhere that anyone else is too. You know, I can be represented in a lot of different mediums, and to keep striving for that. And it's something I think about all the time. Uh, I love, I love that sculpture. Um, yeah, and I'm trying to apply that now. Museums being a traditionally white space, mm-hmm. especially, mm-hmm. you know, art history. Mm-hmm. And just after the year you've had, mm-hmm. like you said, it's mm-hmm. been a very trying emotional year being a black man. Mm-hmm. To be able to see yourself yeah, in yeah. that must mm-hmm. have been mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so empowering. Yeah, very much so. I I wish I, I can't remember where it is now. They moved it, I think, to, to the Virginia um, uh african-american museum um but yeah he i love all of his work he did the portrait of uh, michelle obama and then he did the portrait of Ab- barack obama that's in the smithsonian right now with the floral yeah yeah yes. that's him that's okay. him. Yeah, yeah yeah i yeah. think i've heard him on the daily show i think he did an interview yes yes yeah. yes yeah phenomenal guy um his work is very inspiring where did you see it initially? It, they, he, it was in times square for two months in 2019 <laughs> yeah <Really>? yeah <laughs> we're gonna have to look it up yeah, and we'll, we'll po- post it in our Instagram post oh, so yeah. people can see it. We'll post a yes. picture. It's phenomenal. I might have a picture next to it. I think I can maybe f- see if I have oh, that. Oh, I would love that. We yeah. can post that. Crazy. Just like, yeah. It goes back and with the portraits as well with the Obamas, it goes back to that like celebrating yourself that mm-hmm. you talked about a little bit mm-hmm. and that traditionally the portrait of the president is so... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, it's yeah, just yeah. like so Drab. vanilla and boring yeah. Yeah. And, and stiff. And the floral background, it brought so much, I mean, what Obama brought to this country. Exactly. You know, it brought mm-hmm. this exuberance and this this sense of possibility that mm-hmm. we didn't have. And mm-hmm. I think are starting to slowly get back to yeah. surely, but... At some point. <laughs> yeah, at some point. Yeah, yeah. thank you for there. sharing that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Thank, thank you for having me here to share. I'm so thrilled that you that you came here today. And I, I obviously, you know how much I love you. You're my brother. You're my chosen family. He literally, like, comes to, he would, like, show up on Christmas morning with, like, <laughs> like there is one Christmas he showed. He's like, hey, can I come over? And I was like, well, we're doing, like, they're like he knocks on the door and he has a bouquet of roses for my mom. And my mom is like, oh, my God. My dad's I'll... like, come have some coffee. So <laughs> We go way back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love her parents. No, I mean, I love her parents. We don't need to go down that road, Demetrius. (laughs) There's this running joke. He's like, your parents, both of them, are so beautiful. I'm like, shut up. My mom and dad. I'm surprised you didn't put them down and mash. That's yeah, cool. I know. Honestly, I was expecting I thought, that. I thought about it, but I was, I was like, like, nah. <laughs> I don't want her to have to see me marrying her parents on mash. I cannot with you. And it looks like we've selected uh, the wells. Oh, oh, God. Eight children. Okay. Oh, God. I hate it. <laughs> and he knows that I hate it. Uh, but you're you're... 
my chosen family and we all love you and um we love you all too i'm so proud of you and i'm so <laughs> grateful that we have each other you know and mm-hmm. it's like you were saying earlier if i don't know how old are we 13 maybe Four, yeah. 13, Thir- 13 or 14 yeah 13 year old Sierra and Demetrius could flash yeah. forward right now. Yeah. Can you even imagine? No. How cool. It's amazing. I love you too. I'm just JD, so thrilled for I just I oh. Yeah, I know Turk and JD. Uh. I I just I know good things are coming for you. I'm so proud of you for one taking the leap and even moving here cuz that's mm-hmm. hard. We all of us here know that. Mm-hmm. Um and I just know good things are coming. I'm so proud of you. I'm so excited to see where you're at. And I'm always here, even when Thank our you, schedules yeah. are busy. You know. I love you, and I'm so proud of you and you. Thanks. You guys Thanks, are rocking Demetrius. it. No, it's just always so lovely to see you. I just mm-hmm. feel like this rejuvenating energy, oh. being around both of you. Your energies together is always so special. There's something about that, like childhood friend. <laughs> yeah. That's so special, but I'm just so lucky that I get to know you by extension. So yeah, thanks for chatting. Thank you. Of course. So thanks for letting us storm your brain. It's the storm in your brain. <laughs> <laughs> You're a brainiac. You sure I am a brainiac are. and I'm a storm chaser. Storm chaser. <gasps> <laughs> Ooh, okay, we need to do a poll. Are you guys brainiacs mm. or are you storm chasers? Mm. Put in the comments. I see some swag in our future. Really. Yeah. Merch. Who would buy merch? Super Me. model carrier mom. <laughs> <laughs> I want a beanie that says supermodel carrier mom. Yeah. Yeah, all around the brim. It takes up the entire brim. Supermodel carrier mom. Super <laughs> I would anyway, <laughs> oh, Demetrius, <laughs> where can our listeners find you? Well, you can find me on Instagram at youngest of bloods, all one word. And you can find me on LinkedIn. At <laughs> <laughs> Your handles is one of my favorite handles. Got to be upfront about it. Thank it's, you. I really enjoy it. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. <laughs> So just Instagram. That's it. That's all I got. That's all I got, guys. I'm sorry. Go give him a follow. Yeah, he's got some good tent. Good. He's like a. He really is like. And regular. Talk about supermodel carrier mom. (laughs) Yeah, talk about a supermodel carrier could carry my mom. (laughs) He he could and he would. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye bye now. Thank you to our guests for answering the question, what's been storming your brain? A big old thank you to our technical producer, Tim Fuchs, for our funky theme song with Chris Agar on bass and Louis Danuzzi on trombone. Thank you to Ellie Stovall-Brown for our rock and cover art and to all you listeners for joining us this week. Be sure to tune in next time for a few more ha-has and a lot less wah-wahs. And follow us on Instagram at brainstormingthepodcast. Bye-bye, boys. Have fun storming the brain. brain.